Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. We are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, or a little brief one-week hiatus from the Recruiting Insider. So here we are with the crew back together as Bryce was on the road last week. Bryce Marich, how are you? Doing pretty good. I got a nice tan from L.A., Sam. You know, I got my star put down there on Hollywood Boulevard, so I'm feeling great. And I didn't know this about Steve Lorenz, who is also with us as well. You're a former L.A. guy. I didn't know that about you. So I lived it. Long story short, uh, suffered an, an injury working for my dad. My sister already lived in Culver City. Uh, got to live in LA for six or seven months, like half recovery, half. Um, I was prepping for law school at the time, which not doing that was probably the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. So uh, the food was great in LA. The people were horrible. Uh, the traffic is even worse. Uh, definitely, an, I'd say it's a nice place to visit. But I can never imagine uh, living in, in Los Angeles, for sure. Yeah, they do have some redeeming qualities, though, right? Out, out in L.A., uh, I'm sure Michigan would say, Kevante Henry, who we'll talk about. Devontae Jackson, I'm sure they've mentioned. Uh, obviously, though, but I, I agree with you. I I remember going out for the Rose Bowls, and I was like, man, I, could, I couldn't live out here. It's just a different... It's a different vibe. They do got good Mexican food. I will, I will give them that. They had some good spots out there. Nice place to visit for a Midwesterner, but we are definitely fish out of water out west. Uh, but let's let's jump into the nitty gritty, guys. Mario Eugenio, no longer a member of Michigan's class, that just dropped Thursday morning. But here's the deal: someone asked me on Twitter, "Is this a surprise?" I said, "No." Uh, some reply said, "Well, it had to be a surprise. I haven't seen any chatter about it." Well, everything that goes on behind the scenes we don't necessarily mention because there are things that are unfolding and you don't want to affect the situation. But Bryce, you know this and you can speak to this. We initially had a plan to go see Mario Eugenio the first week in September. You remember that? I do. Yeah. We had uh, laid out our travel schedule for the fall and he was on there and we pushed it back, Sam. And then finally it got taken off. Yeah, so we pushed it back first to uh to late september then we pushed it to late october and didn't book it and then it was about about two weeks ago what did i call you and say about the mario eugenio trip bryce you said it's it's a no-go at this point it's a no-go we are not gonna be making that you're not gonna be making that trip so it was not a surprise to us because we know you know i think the communication between the sides have been open I think they had been having some conversations for a while about the status of that commitment. And I think they just arrived at a decision uh, that there was a mutual parting of the way. So I think it's important how you frame that or how you interpret uh, how events unfolded there. I think it was a I think it was a mutual thing and you wind up wish, wishing the young man the best. Uh, but Steve, this this I saw you mention this on the board it has nothing to do with Tafik Thomas, the big fella who was seemingly on the verge of committing to Michigan, and there was really no 
no scholarship there for a commitment to happen with and some question about whether or not that had impacted Mario Eugenio. And that, that really has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Mar- uh, Tafik Thomas, who seemingly was never going to commit to Michigan. Cause like you said, he never had a, a committable offer. Um, yeah. I mean, with Mario, I mean, it was, I think, you know, there, obviously there's some changes that happen in these recruitments. Uh, the Toffee Thomas stuff though, uh, way off base. Uh, even if Michigan, like they were, they're never going to take a guy just because a teammate of a guy wants them to take that guy. So even if that was the case, nothing was changing with Toffee Thomas anyway. Uh, you know, obviously not the situation here though, uh, where Michigan, you talk, you mentioned Cavante Henry earlier, uh, Joshua Josephs also, um, who has continued his climb up the rankings and I still don't believe is done. Uh, I know our Southeast guys are continue to rave about him. So yeah, interesting situation for Michigan, but like you said, Sam, not one that is necessarily uh, shocking or, or out of left field. I, I think the timing maybe would have always been a question. It's not as if we knew that this day today, Thursday, October 7th would be the day, but, but not a surprise necessarily that, uh, that there were some changes here. This is not the first time, Steve, you mentioned before we came on, this sort of reminded you of another recruitment. Kind of remind me of the Quentin Somerville recruitment from last cycle, as far as, um, you know, Mario was a four-star on the composite. My opinion is that I'm not sure the entirety of Michigan's defensive staff would maybe would argue that he's a four-star prospect, you know, and I think that was definitely the same with, the way the summer, I know Somerville situation may be slightly different, but as, just as prospects on film, they're a little reminiscent of each other. I, if I'm being honest, I think Mario is probably a little bit better than what Somerville was. Uh, but definitely, I that was the first recruitment that kind of came to mind for me as far as style fit in the new scheme and then also just kind of the way the recruitment played out. So, um, again, Michigan's undefeated, look like they're gonna have a much better season than what pundits predicted heading into the year. I, 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 you know, people like way overreact to every change that's made in the recruiting class. This is not one I would be like panicking about or or worrying about the big picture of this class right now, because uh, the ceiling now is higher than it's, than it's been in months because of the success they've seen, not just on the field, but even well on the field, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that's a really attractive scheme right now for, for a prospect to be looking at and wanting to maybe play in at the next level. Right. And we can see what direction they're going in with edges. I mean, it it brings us back to a guy that we talked about on this podcast for seemingly for weeks, months, we talked about justice Finkley and eventually they made the, the statement to him that, look, we see you as in our defense and our scheme. We see you as an inside guy. Like you, you are not an outside guy for us outside guys for them. Edge guys for them look like, uh, or have an Aiden Hutchinson frame, have a Dave Ajabo frame, have Bryce a Cavante Henry frame. You just went out to see Cavante Henry. That's kind of what they want their edges to look like. He fits the bill. I mean, he's six four. We right now on twenty four seven. I just checked. He's two twenty five weight wise. But when I went to see him, he was two twelve. That's because he's just been running track. Um, he's a multi sport athlete, and just like Ajabo. He's fairly new to the sport of football. I mean, he's very raw as well. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I think one, it's the structure, but two, it's also of just technique. 
you know, and just filling out his frame. I mean, he joked with me and his coach. Biggest thing for him and his best friend when he gets to Michigan will be the weight room and Ben Herbert. Those two will be his best friends when he gets to Michigan. And that's true. I think that first year he's going to easily add 10 to 20 pounds. Like it's nothing. Um, but he can definitely fly. He can stand up. He can slide in. Um, and he can do a lot. And he's a very versatile, but a very athletic player that you see off the edge, especially a job where you've seen him also come off the edge, but kind of drop back, you know, do stunts. He can do a lot, you know. And so with Kevontae Henry, just from just seeing him in practice and in a game, he's got all the abilities, all the tools that make him to where I think he's more the one of the most underrated prospects actually in this class. I mean, USC, Utah, and Oregon are still pushing for him to visit, let alone try to flip his commitment. So that should speak volumes of kind of, you know, how other schools view him as well. This is a guy that Courtney Morgan has been all over. He's been one of the main reasons that Michigan even got him. This is a guy that he knew about for a very long time since his days at Fresno State. He even joked with me, just like we open up, he's not a huge fan of L.A., um, so he's been in Arbor and he's like, man, this is world's different. And this is kind of what I like. This is kind of what I want to see. This is kind of that experience I want to feel in college. So I love this commitment. I think he's going to be a star for Michigan in a probably two years span. But I, like I said, I think he's one of the more underrated prospects or commits in this class. And I think he's a guy that we're going to be talking about for years to come in this defense under Mike McDonald. Again, he has the frame. He's the the prototype you can build them up into the size of a of an Ajabo, of a of an Aiden Hutchinson. You'll feel comfortable standing up. This also, as we look at how the recruiting board has fallen, you guys might remember us talking before about feeling like they had a glut at the edge spot, considering that Micah Pollard, who we started talking about, hey, maybe he's a middle linebacker. Maybe they play him in the middle of the defense, which they could, uh, but now this lessens the the sort of need to try him there, to play him there. If, it, if he winds up fitting there, sure. But you don't have to try to experiment with that unless you really feel like he's best suited for that position because there aren't uh, – you don't have any more, you know, Kevontae Henry, Mario Eugenio. And then you mentioned the name earlier, Steve, Josh Josephs. And everything I hear, everything that I'm picking up, Still tells me Michigan is still in great shape, still the team to beat for Josh Josephs. And a guy that you talk about rankings and ratings. Uh, this is a guy we've been saying for five, six, seven months is a tip top target for Michigan, even when I think he was like an 86 or an 87 for the longest time. He's now a, a 90, uh, a four star in our system. And if anything, his senior film has increased the need to continue to maybe bump him up. Um, I think Wilt Fong put in the first crystal ball. I I joined a little bit uh, afterwards, kind of one that felt has felt good for Michigan for a while. I think, you know, it, there's been some ebb and flow there. He is officially visiting Tennessee this weekend. And I think Kentucky's probably the other real program to watch there. I, I don't, I think he had North Carolina, Penn state were also under consideration, but I, I don't, I think it'll be Michigan, Tennessee or Kentucky, but I, I mean, said this on the board, I, you know, if you're him, I don't know how you watch what Michigan's defense has done this year and not think that you could be a big time player uh, in that scheme. You know, Michigan 
if anything, has increased how attractive they are to a prospect like him, given what we've seen from yeah Hutchinson and Ajabo uh, on that edge spot. Is uh, because that's a spot that translates really well into the pros too, uh-huh. you know. So for Michigan, he's been a big time target for them for months. But I think now, if you're Michigan, you're salivating at the possibility of getting a guy like that because you're seeing what they what they their current guys are doing on the edge, and he's got as much upside to me as you know anybody on the roster. Maybe not named Aiden Hutchinson. At least, I mean, you just can't predict a guy's going to do or become what Hutchinson has become, you know, off of high school film only. So. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, Sam. I think things right now look in, in good shape for Michigan there. And, um, you know, the need for him has not wavered or changed. I don't think he's even more important than he was before this decommitment today. I think he's always been maybe that he's been the number one guy for them at edge uh, for as long as I can remember. Yeah, man, it's it'll be uh, interesting to see how the Tennessee visit really affects him. You might remember Brian Jean-Marie was recruiting him when he was here in Ann Arbor uh, and those two had a real connection. And there's been some talk that Tennessee was, uh, was moving up with him, was surging with him. Uh, you got to imagine with the kind of season Kentucky is having there, they're making a better case, but boy, he came to Michigan for the Washington game. They've been all over him. You've made the point again, you're watching. I mean, okay. You expect that from, from Aiden Hutchinson, right? But David Jabo just started playing football like midway through his high school career. And look at that dude now. Uh, is is out there looking like a guy. Uh, so this scheme, you have to imagine its appeal is great to a young man like that. And everything affects everything to bring it back to, to Mario Eugenio. I mean, you think about what it does to their positional board. Now, as I said, Michael Pollard, edge or linebacker. Kevante Henry, edge. You add Josh Josephs, edge. You feel like the addition of Mason Graham, as we, as we get to interior line recruiting, we have been talking about Kenneth Grant and Deion Walker, right? Kenneth Grant and Deion Walker, and then they hold out a scholarship for hopefully, maybe, you hit the jackpot and you get a Walter Nolan, right? Well, enter Mason Graham into that equation, and, okay, you just grabbed another, you just grabbed another scholarship because you're still going to go after Deion Walker. You still, I think, are the team to beat for Deion Walker, right? And, oh, if something happened and Walter Nolan wanted to come, you take him. I mean, these scholarships don't just grow on trees, fellas. So you can kind of see how how the way the board has fallen sort of makes how some of the some of the moves that have happened, it makes them a little easier or a lot easier even to understand. But we didn't talk about the Kenneth Grant commitment because we weren't on last week, but that's one we saw coming. Doesn't mean it wasn't huge, Steve. Maybe the biggest besides Josephs and then maybe the Will Johnson and potentially if they can reel into Monty Jackson. Again, despite the rankings and ratings, which I think grants a 86 or 87 on the composite, uh, you talk about we talk about need. Now, granted, Michigan's interior line, I think, has has taken huge strides and is impressed overall this season, but they don't have a Kenneth Grant on their roster right now. And you talk about another guy whose senior film really jumps out at you. I mean, with some conditioning and just a, a college strength program, I mean, he's got to be one. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but as far as ceiling goes, he's got to be one of the two or three uh, or four highest ceiling guys now in this class. And um, again, there's a reason why Ohio State, Wisconsin, were also after him. Uh, you know, that's his final three. But but this is one 
this was a, a nice recruiting battle for Michigan to win just because, it, you know, Frust would have been frustrating to let him slip away. They were, I think they were his first offer or they were one of his first two or three offers for sure. And, and a guy that they've really been recruiting a lot longer than the other two schools uh, that comprise his final group. So, yeah, no, I mean, this is a guy, again, another, wasn't he one of our must gets mm-hmm. back in our must get our episode that we did. And I think though the reasoning there was, was pretty much that that same where there's really nobody like him on the roster right now. So you get Mason Graham, who's had a massive senior season who really you think with, with a junior season would probably be a top two, four, seven, you know, if there was more film and, and people had have seen him more, I think he'd be way higher than he is right now. You have Grant, another guy, like we talk about Joseph's Grant's bumped up to a 90 on our site. I know uh, Alan really likes what he's done this off season. And so far his senior season, and then Dion Walker um, compare and add that to what Michigan brought in late last cycle up front. They've really kind of transformed the interior defensive line um, in a very short amount of time. And not just with guys that are filling holes. I mean, they're filling it with, with legit prospects who can make a difference for them uh, down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you put him next to, to Mason Graham. Suddenly, you are dealing from a position of strength in this recruiting class, as you've seen Greg Biggins, right, if you follow us over on the MichiganInsider.com. Greg has been a, around on the West Coast looking at recruits for forever. And when he lavishes the kind of praise upon a kid like he has done with Mason Graham, I pay attention. He said he's been the best lineman in California. Here you got a guy playing every snap at offensive tackle and every snap at defensive tackle every game. Just uh, and, and balling out, racking up sack numbers, facing double teams every game. You put him next to Kenneth Grant, who is a big space eater, and you certainly see them as complementary pieces. You throw in a, a Deion Walker, who again, I uh, got some questions about. Hey, does the do you think the Mario Eugenio decommitment, or let's let's frame this right, the parting of the ways? Do you think that that is going to affect Deion Walker adversely? I mean, I, they, they talked about playing together. I suppose it could be something that he is a little sad about, sad about the opportunity to not play together. Do I think that that is going to deter him from going to Michigan? Absolutely not. I, I just absolutely not. I just The guy has been a, a diehard Michigan guy. Wherever I think the missing link for him had been, how do they look on the football field? And Michigan has looked great on the football field. I just don't think that Mario Eugenio not being in the class is is going to weigh heavier than his history and weigh heavier than how Michigan is doing on the field. So moving on and talking about some other guys, though, got a lot of questions about Cody Jones. Cody Jones showed up at Illinois for a visit. This should not come as a surprise. You guys might remember when I went down to see Cody talking to uh, him and his parents, they talked about him getting out and enjoying the recruiting process a little bit because COVID didn't really get a chance to see any other places. Illinois has been a school that it's kept in close contact, some good relationships with the, with the coaching staff, but let's, let's just sit for a minute and just think about this. This is us talking. This is not, Cody, a message from him or his parents. But if if Cody Jones were going to be on the fence about his Michigan commitment, right? Would Illinois be the place he was going to go, Bryce? Let's just think about that. Would Illinois be the place, in your opinion? They might have good food. I'm not 
there might be nice women out there, good looking women. I, you know, I'm not sure. Never been to, you know, champagne. So decommitting from Michigan for again. I mean, this, this I don't want this to sound as you know, the sound bad, but it's, it's, there's really no other way to put it. You never say never with, with decommitments. I, I mean, anyone could decommit, right? But if he were to decommit, would it be for Illinois? Come on, people. Come on, people. I That's just, no. I think, I say that to say that I think this is a young man enjoying the recruiting process. It'd be different. I think it would be of greater concern if the lines of communication with the coaching staff we're not open. Nothing is a surprise. Um, it, he didn't show up out of nowhere. I, I think it, it, in Ann Arbor, they knew that this was going down. I think he's given them no reason to to fear losing his commitment at this point. That doesn't mean that he won't down the line. Or I, I can't call forecast the future definitively, but I'm just saying to you, uh, he's been saying for a couple of months that he was going to maybe take a couple of official visits. So I wouldn't be surprised if he took a, Another one or two. You might recall his dad saying in the interview, heck, I, you know, I want to have the recruiting experience too. So I think this is where that's coming from. Not, hey, he's really looking around, uh, looking. And put it this way. The two schools that you would maybe be most fearful of, in my opinion, are Florida and Tennessee. And just comparatively speaking, I mean, you know, Florida, suddenly the bloom is coming off the rose a little bit. And then, you know, Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee has been there. They've been there. Uh, and there's every opportunity for him to uh, to to be there every week if he wanted to, uh, and he hasn't been. So I think there's, there's a message in that, at least for me. So, guys, I I think that that one is, is fairly solid. I do want to get to Bryce's observations about Jaden Denegal, the other guy you went to see while you were out in Cali. Uh, what did you think of Michigan's quarterback commitment? Big, tall, and strong, 6'5", 220. Um, he's a big guy, Sam. And, uh, you know, the competition he plays where he's at in Apple Valley, um, I wouldn't say it's the greatest. But at the same time, the guys he's throwing to kind of look like Steve. No offense, but they're not – They're not. <laughs> I mean, if they were me, why, that's why, one thing. Why did that sound like me saying a guy's not going to decommit from Michigan for Illinois? That's what that just sounded like, Bryce. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I got to have some fun. <laughs> but I, so here's the thing. So, yes, he's not throwing to the greatest guys that are running four fours and that can moss and guys. No, he's running. He's throwing to guys that are running five flats and they're five foot six. But at the same time, you got to Pretty think, rich. That's pretty rich of you, by the way. <laughs> pretty rich. Yeah, Brian, you didn't know Bryce was like 6'2"? Kind of, you know, when he's dreaming about himself hey, playing basketball? Hey, I'm still, I, I was going to hey, say, he might, be, he might be when he's sleeping at night, but then he's got to wake up every morning, so. <laughs> I, hey, I'm still waiting for this golf outing. I'm still waiting for that little, you know. We can do the Brooks and the whole thing. And I'm, still waiting for you, thing. I'm still waiting for you to bench press 225 10 times. All right, let's go to Planet <laughs> Fitness. Let's go to Crunch, wherever you want to go. We can go to a garage for all I care. Okay. All Set right. something up. Set something up. But, yeah, going back to Denical, um, in the game I watched him play against, uh, which was a crosstown rival, he went 27 for 33, 302, five touchdowns to zero interceptions. And all five touchdowns went to five different wide receivers. So, 
he was finding guys, and the windows he was throwing to weren't always the best. Now, at the same time, it's not like he's making J.J. McCarthy throws here that are spectacular wild throws. You know, you're not seeing those. You're seeing a lot of swing passes, bubble screens, slants, good high percentage passes, you know, but at the same time, biggest thing I came away with, he's very efficient. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's um very smart, high football IQ, and he just understands the offense and he understands the defense. His OC actually came up to me after the game and joked. He said, you know, that third touchdown pass. And I said, yeah, what about it? He said, that was not the call. He said he checked out of it. He saw the corner kind of cheating in. He gave a little motion over to his wideout to run an arrow. He runs the arrow. He throws the touchdown. So he said, just for him to audible that, see that, kind of identify that, kind of shows his football IQ and kind of where he is with his progression. Um, and so biggest thing with him afterwards, talking with him, you know, I gave it to him stress. And listen, you know, you got Cade, you got JJ, you got you got quarterbacks you're coming into that are definitely – ready to play. What's your take on that? He said, I'm willing to compete and I'm not afraid of competition. And so you're kind of seeing that too, because Michigan is still Sam. They're still talking on their quarterbacks, like Justin Martin down the road at Inglewood, you know? And so at the same time, he's fine. If they do decide to take another quarterback, but at the same time, he knows his abilities. He knows what he can do. And so he's excited to show the fan base. Once he gets there, he's willing to compete. Um, I was very encouraged. Because like I said, he might not be the flashiest quarterback out there, but he does have very, very, you know, good technique. He's very efficient and he's very smart in terms of what he can do and what he can't do. He knows he's not an old Lamar Jackson. He knows he's not going to be running a 4-4, but at the same time, he makes plays. And that's all you can ask for at that position. Right. So one of the things that I find interesting, because you mentioned Justin Martin, I know you went to see Justin former Cal commit. We've talked about him on this podcast uh, on a few different episodes. What I found very, very interesting is when Jaden Denegal came for the uh, was it Northern Illinois game, right? He official, officially visited that weekend. Rutgers. Oh, it was the Rutgers weekend. The Rutgers, Rutgers weekend. Yep. Yeah, he came in and you know, there was talk that Justin Martin wanted to come in that weekend too. And, and so Michigan, my understanding is they delayed that visit. That is uh, that, true. Yeah, Michigan. That, that is true. Yeah, Michigan delayed that visit, and and had Denegal have that weekend all to himself. I, I think that's significant. I think it it shows that they prioritize the guy that's committed to them, and while they're still talking to other guys, those other guys are going to know, hey, this this quarterback we have in the class isn't going anywhere, and they made it clear to him, that, hey, look, we are not trying to move you out of this class. Like you said, Sam, I talked to his father and him, and they said what sold him again. When he worked out again in the summer, when he came up here in June, worked out from the coaching staff, and then immediately got that offer, Harbaugh, he told me, basically said, listen, you know, let's make this happen. Let's not waste time. And at the same time, he's been other schools, and his father told me as well, where they're like, we like you, but we like player A, player B, player C. It wasn't just we like Jaden. Mm-hmm. And so at Michigan, it was we like Jaden. Like you said, Sam, I think, again, that speaks volumes because they could have had Justin Martin come in. He said he would have came in for that weekend. That didn't happen, and that's where things stand. Yeah, so we will see how that goes. Uh, when we come back on the other side, I'm going to focus on a guy who I hear that Josh Gaddis is going to be out seeing next week. 
a young man who, with his mom and dad, came up to the Washington game a couple of weeks ago. I know I uh, did some reports, talked about it on the podcast, that Dane Key uh, and his mom and dad uh, had a great visit, caught up with them a little while after the visit to sort of recap things and sort of look ahead and been anticipating running this on the podcast. We're going to run it last week prior to the Kentucky-Florida game. But obviously, we didn't have the podcast last week. So uh, wound up coming this week after that Florida game. So I don't have the feedback from the Kentucky-Florida game, but certainly have them looking back at the Michigan visit, the one that really I thought maybe deepened the connection with Josh Gaddis. Uh, that'll be a significant thing. But again, you're pulling against and tugging against home heartstrings, uh, and they sort of speak to all of that. You'll hear them talk about the, the Michigan visit, their impressions of the offense, even while seeing it at a game where Michigan didn't throw the football a whole lot. And then, of course, the timeline, which is all important. and uh, seems like they're very close to coming to a decision. But before we get to that, going to come back on the other side and hear from Josh Connerly Sr. Another interview I did for the podcast here recently, reflecting upon the, the, their most recent Michigan visit, which was for the Washington game. Remember, they came up prior to that for the barbecue at the big house and Michigan trending way up in that recruitment. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Man, it just looks so different now. USC with uh, who's going to be their coach, you don't know. Uh, Washington is not the team we thought they were going to be. Meanwhile, Michigan off to a roaring start. They've obviously been to, to campus to see the, the probably the best atmosphere in the big house in years. Great relationships with the uh, with the coaching staff, building some relationships with with players on the roster. I mean, one of the things that you'll really hear his dad talk about, fellas, is how you know Josh or Joshua, as his dad calls him, has really started to get cool with Connor Jones. Uh, so you can just see some some building blocks there, getting higher for Michigan with that young man. I'm just curious. As you guys look at that recruitment, I mean, I think we all have crystal balls in for Michigan at this point. I know I do. Steve, you do as well, right? Yep. Yeah. He'd be the highest rated offensive tackle, offensive lineman that uh that they've reeled in under Harbaugh. So hard to understate what, what his commitment would, would mean for their class for sure. Bryce, you put in a crystal ball yet? Oh, I'm still on Pacific time, so mine's a little behind. So it'll it'll be coming. Don't All right. Well, hey, look, man, I, I, I suppose anything can can happen. But, man, that just you compare the the situations now and he's been to Michigan twice and is coming back for a third visit. Things are looking really good for the Maize and Blue. So when we come back on the other side, we'll hear first from Josh Connerly Sr. Uh, and then we'll round the podcast out this week with a chat with Dante Key, the father of four star wide receiver recruit Dane Key prior to Josh Gaddis getting out to see them next week. Back on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And a couple of interviews on tap for you. I planned to release them last week, but as I said... No podcast last week, so delayed it a week. But here we are, still relevant, still pertinent when it comes to their respective recruitment. So we'll start off first with my conversation with Josh Connerly Sr. about Michigan, the Michigan visit, where the Wolverines stand in the race, the other schools in the mix, the timeline. We get into all of the details about five-star offensive line recruit Josh Connerly Jr. with his dad, Josh Connerly Sr. So your first game in the big house just your your initial impression relative to what you thought before you got there. Did it meet your expectations? Did it surpass them? What did you think? It met my expectations. I, I knew it was going to be a lot of people, a lot of energy. Um, it, it was everything I expected for sure. Now, was there an aspect of the experience, game aside, game aside, was there an aspect of the experience that stood out to you the most? You know, the halftime show was pretty moving, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the I, I went to the big house on our last visit, and, and, and it's big, you know, but um, the halftime show, I, I thought that was, was real nice. Okay, all right. So did you guys, I know they had a game, but did you guys get much time to interact with the – with the coaches, like what was that that part of the visit like? Yeah, with 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 my wife and and Joshua's mother coming, uh, we went back over uh, everything that Michigan has to offer, and we met with a lot of uh, uh, coaches and uh, everybody in the office, far as the school goes. And uh, they went, we we went over basically everything we went over on our first visit. So um, it was. It was filled with, I mean, our whole our whole schedule was filled. There wasn't a, a dull moment or a time to just take a break at all. So you know, in, the in time we, oh, oh, sorry about that. I was just going to say, in, in that part of it, your your time interacting, you know, it was, a, you know, you had done it before. Joshua had done it before. Was it was it repetitive or were there some different and unique takeaways from that part of it this time? Oh, there was a lot more that we learned just from, uh, you know the whole the, the the way that the train the training is and you know different uh, degrees Joshua can major in that can benefit him long term, uh, but his you know my my wife Joshua's stepmom and Joshua's mother they were both impressed with everything that uh, they had to offer. So you as you got into the game, man, they were uh, it was an offensive lineman's kind of game. <laughs> did, did that stand out? How much they they really pounded the football. Oh yeah, for I mean for sure that was probably the highlight of our our experience, just seeing how the line you know did what they did and they you know they put in work, but a lot of that you know a lot of credit goes to Coach Moore with the way that he gets his 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 guys going. You know he's he's real you know cool and laid back off the field, but he's a totally different person once that ball snaps. So um, kudos to Coach Moore. 
Yeah, I wonder for for Michigan, how much of a question mark as you kind of think about Joshua's evaluation process and and what you're talking to him about? How how much of a question mark was it for you guys? You know, when it comes to Michigan having a first year offensive line coach, was that and is that sort of a big consideration for him? Yeah, well, for sure, that'll be you know taken into consideration, but. I mean, we'll we'll see what plays out at the end of the season. But the way that the line has been just handling business, man, it's 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 impressive, you know. And the next day we went in with Coach Moore, you know, and went over film. And I mean, that was one of the highlights of the trip for me, just seeing him and Joshua, you know, go over film and you know break down plays. That was that was uh, that was nice. I really I really enjoyed that moment they had. So now you guys have you've made the trip twice. How, how does it feel? How does the distance thing feel to you? How does the distance thing feel to to Joshua? Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself on this one. Uh, it Joshua can play, uh, you know, in China, and I'll be there. So distance isn't <laughs> going to be an issue. You right. know, I'm I'm I've been I I've only missed one game since Joshua, uh, you know, was in little league. So I'm not. That's not going to be an issue for me at all. It's ultimately his decision, and I'm going to respect it and, and love it, you know, no matter what. I'm here to support. That's it. Gotcha. All right. So, look, it was clear. He's made it clear before that Michigan was already high on his list. He already uh, was was thinking very highly of them. Uh, that being the case, was it even possible for them to better their position? Did they improve their standing as a result of this visit? What would you say, if anything, this visit did for them in his eyes? I mean, right now it's just about building relationships. And I think that'll be a determining factor in his decision. Um, he, he, he He's just looking for a place where he can get in and fit in, you know. And if it feels like home, it feels like family more than likely they'll they'll get Joshua. Now, did he get a chance, speaking of family, did he get a chance to really connect more, whether it be with some of the players uh, in their down, or, you know, once the game was over, or any other recruits while they were on campus? Did he connect with any of those guys in, in a way that would make it sort of feel like family? Well, well the... Uh, yeah, I mean, when we, when we got to... Uh, when we first when we first came in, you know, he he knows a, he knows a couple players from uh, from the team already. After the game, he went and hung out with some linemen, and uh, you know, we're, we're we're pretty close with with Connor just from our last visit. Him and Connor, you know, they speak quite a bit. Uh, he's he's a recruit out of, or I think he, I think Colorado. He committed, uh, Colorado. Yeah, he already committed, so yeah, yeah he's he's out of Colorado. I'm I'm, I'm sure you know him well. Yeah, I just went uh, to see but, him. I just went to see him in yeah. week one. Yeah. 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 We, we, uh, you know, we, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty cool. Um, so, uh, those, yeah, the, the, there's a couple of linemen that he connected with after the game and, you know, the recruit that he's, you know, pretty, um, close with is Connor. So. Okay. Now jo- Joshua mentioned to Brandon coming back for the Ohio state game. I didn't, I couldn't tell whether that's just a, Hey, I'd like to, you know, that's a maybe, or is that, or are you guys definitely coming back for Ohio State? You know, um, I'm going I'm to be straight up. Look, the way the UW game was, 
I think the Ohio State game is going to be ten times crazier. So I, I don't know if I want to come back for that one. But if he wants to come, you know, I'm always going to be there with him. Um, but I wouldn't mind coming back for more of a low-key type game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Ohio, I already know that game is going to be just off the chain. Yeah. All right. So let's let's fast forward. For, well, first of all, does he have a timeline for when he would like to have his decision made? Uh. He he said he wants to make his decision at the All American uh, Bowl down in San Antonio in January. Yeah, I guess I don't know who all he's considering at this point besides Washington, SC, and, and, and Michigan. Like, who are some of the other schools to make mention of? Um, I mean, Oregon they're they're pretty you know high on that list. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma has always been in the in the picture. You know, college football. You've got to always put Alabama in there. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So fast forward for me, man. You know, he's at the – he's, you know, about to go into the All-American Bowl. And you guys are sitting down and he's, you know, getting ready to make that decision. When he does that, what are the biggest factors, the most significant things that he's going to consider that will go into that choice? I mean, where's he going to get a, a good, solid education at? Um, who's going to help him fulfill his dream and get to the next level of playing in the NFL. You know, where is he going to feel comfortable? Where is it going to be a family atmosphere? Where is he going to have a brotherhood? Um, and just enjoy the college college experience. You know, where are you going to have a real good time at? You know, we're here to handle business, but at the same time, you got to have it enjoyable and make some good memories with doing that. Did Michigan, uh, you, they obviously covered the academic piece. Did they talk name, image, likeness with you guys at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went over that. Oh, they did? Okay. I guess that goes without saying these days, right? I, you oh, know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That was, as far as that pitch is concerned, I mean, how how, how detailed do they get with that? Is it a, like a whole presentation or is it a footnote? Um, they, they had a presentation just far as how the money is. It's sort of up in the air because it's so, I mean, this is the first season of it, so it's hard to say, but, um, I definitely want him to, uh, manage his money well and invest, you know, college is pretty much taken care of. There's really not much you really need, uh, throughout college. So I think just putting that money up and save, saving it for, uh, after college and being able to invest a little, I think that would probably be the best way to, to manage that. But I'll be there for all of that, so he'll be fine. All right, my last one for you. You walk into the stadium. The the people in the in the crowd know who you guys were? From the time we left Washington to the time we landed back home, people knew who Joshua was, yeah. And it was it was uh, uh, sort of a tug of war, you know, Hey, go dogs, uh, uh, go blue. It was just back and forth. And, you know, we, we went out to lunch when we first landed and, you know, there's a bunch of Husky fans and they're trying to talk with Josh and the coaches are trying to block Joshua off. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a little crazy, but, uh, yeah, they, they knew, they knew who my son was for sure. That's crazy. I told you we were going to get out there to see him. So we're going to do that. Yep. We, we appreciate the coverage. We appreciate the love. Uh, thank you, Sam. So Michigan clearly in strong shape with Josh Connerly. We turn our attention now to a young man who the odds are probably a bit longer with, even though he's closer to Ann Arbor, uh, Kentucky with the kind of season they're having, his dad being a Kentucky football alum. 
You feel like you're kind of chasing in this race a bit still for Dane Key. But based on the strength of the visit and their burgeoning connections, both father and son, with Josh Gaddis, it keeps Michigan in the game. And as I said before the break, Josh Gaddis expected in Lexington next week. So let's hear now from Dante Key and his son, top 247 wide receiver recruit, Dane Key, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Just give me your overall impressions of the weekend. Electric. Hey, that's pretty much all you can really say from, you know, the vibe of Coach Harbaugh with the kids on this team to the the people in the stands, their interaction with, you know, some of the fans yelling out Dane's name, which was crazy. Um, so they knew who they, he was, they, huh? Like, yeah. I thought it was some people that was going to the girls' volleyball game and it was just yelling his name out, talking about, hey, we need you. <laughs> so it, it, it was crazy. So as far as, I mean, I, I imagine you had an idea, you had a thought of what it would be like. How did it match up, match up to your expectations? Uh, the scenery was just, it was overwhelming to see, you know, really, you know, you put the students how electric they were the whole game. And then, the, the t- you know, for a parent and a, and a fan of a possible school, you look at the tailgate environment, you know, the things that you're going to be involved in as the parent of a student athlete. And it was amazing to see. Okay. You get a chance to catch up with Clink while you were up here? Oh, come on, man. You know we did that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, well it was game. I didn't know. I didn't know how much time he was gonna have with it being a big yeah. game and everything. So yeah, so that, I mean they were pretty. That, they were they were all dialed in, but they still had a chance. Uh, carved out uh, carved out enough time to to kind of hang out and say hello and really tell us that they appreciated us being there and gave us you know just what they thought, how Dane would fit in. Okay. Uh, and guys was like, man, I would have loved to be able to show you how we throw the ball, but when you gash at people for, <laughs> for <laughs> you know, 300-something yards on the ground, hey, the object is to win the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as, as a coach myself, that's the, that's the key, winning the game. And if you can exploit the other team in a way that, they can't respond to. That's what you do. Right, right. I got you. I got you. So yeah. your before I talk to Dan, your biggest takeaway from your time with with the coaches, because I know, you know, getting a getting a feel for the game atmosphere is only part of this. Uh, there had yeah. to be some some objectives from, you know, the time talking with them. So what were your takeaways from from Gaddis or Harbaugh or Clink? What did you take away from those interactions? Well, mostly Gaddis. I know Clink, so you know I go, we go we go a little bit ways back. But with Gaddis, it's just his attention to details, his uh, attitude, and uh, developing the kids to get them where they want to go. You know, not where he wants to go. He wants them to live out their dreams, but he wants to, you know, carve out that framework for them to achieve what they want to achieve. And how genuine he is and, you know, just just him as a person has really been 
amazing. Gotcha. All right. So what? What's Coach Harbaugh? Okay, Coach Harbaugh, his, his, you know, his, his just whole energy is is something about him that makes you say, "Man, is this guy really serious?" <laughs> and, and you know, it's just some no, of the little things mean. that he says uh, that just—they're uh, so. They, it's like they're out there, but they really make sense when you think about what he's saying. You know, I'm laughing because I've, hey man, over the years, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So I get uh, it. He just, it, it's a very interesting man, but he brings that energy and fire to his players that, that you could really tell that he, he really genuinely cares for their, you know, who they are and that they love ball. Okay. All right. Can I get a couple minutes with Dane real yeah, quick? Yes. Hello. Hello. Hey, Dane. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, man. So your dad was saying that that the fans knew who you were. Were you surprised by that? I was. It was. It was actually pretty. It was actually pretty cool. So when I walked into the stadium, I heard fans yelling my name, and I I was just really shocked and surprised. But it was also really really cool. Uh, all right. So as far as what you were expecting coming in, because, you I mean, you've been to campuses before. So you've been to games. How, for what you were expecting Michigan to be like, was this about what you expected? Did it surpass your expectations? How would you where would you put it? No, it really surprised me. I heard, I heard all week in the, the game and the atmosphere was going to be crazy. And, you know, I was just going like going on all week. Like, yeah, like. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty good game, loud game. And then when I got there, it was it was unbelievable. It was super loud, and just the fans being paying attention to the whole game, and you know just how loud it was. That's what really got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that that you know you talk about what your takeaways are. The game and atmosphere probably are the biggest, but outside of that, outside of the game and being there and hearing all the fans, what was what maybe stuck out to you the most? Um. What stuck out most about me is just you know seeing seeing how well I f- how well I fit in with the team and just hanging around those guys that were on the team and getting to hang out with them. It was it was it was just pretty really cool to see how I fit in with them if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I got you. Did you get a chance to hang with or interact with any of the other recruits while you were there? Uh. Just a little bit, but not too much. I mainly stuck with my with my parents and sat and watched the game with them, mm-hmm. just to sit, just to you know sit with them and make it like a family trip. Gotcha. All right. What about what about the receivers on the team? I know they had a game, but did you get any time with them while you were on campus or anything like that? Any of the guys on the team? Uh, I actually did not. I actually uh, got to hang with the tight end Eric All, okay. and then. Um, I got to hang out with JJ McCarthy, so those are the two guys that I really uh, that I hung with. Right, right. So when I was down there, man, you mentioned that JJ had come in like a film session that you were that you were in on this time around. What was the what was the vibe like with him after having met him already? You know, JJ JJ's a really cool guy, and just hanging out with him, and you know, um, I was kind of happy they put me with him because you know. Um, I wanted to go there, then I would already know the quarterback, and it's just really cool uh, being able to know the guys that you would play with before you came in. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Coach Gaddis, uh, like I just asked your dad, I said, you know, what was the what was the takeaway from talking with the coach? He said, well, we know Clink. It was more about Gaddis. So 
this time around with Gaddis, what was the vibe like? What did you take away from your interaction with him? Uh, I took away that um, he told me a lot of good things that I like that I got to know about how how I would fit into the offense and you know just how um, things wouldn't change. But for me, as a player wise, as um, skill sets, just you know just more up tempo with uh, changing the game with coming in and being able to play with, um, you know, older guys and, um, you know, just playing a different, uh, a bigger level, a bigger stage of football. Mm -hmm. Did he talk to you specifically about pairing with JJ? Like that would be your guy? No, he did not. Okay. All right. All right. So the other thing you said when we were down there, man, you said you were looking at maybe October, maybe middle of October to to make a decision. You still think you're going to do that? It should be around then. Yes, sir. All right. So, What's good when you get ready to sit down and make that choice, Dane? Now that you've taken in the Michigan visit, you got three other visits that you've taken. When you get ready to sit down and make your final choice, what are going to be the biggest factors? Uh, just um, you know where I feel the most uh, wanted—not only wanted but needed—and you know the family environment and the place is going to uh, help me um, develop not only on the field but off. Mm-hmm. And how did you, with those last two things specifically, from an atmosphere, family atmosphere standpoint, not fan and game atmosphere, but a yeah. family atmosphere standpoint, what kind of vibe do you get off of Michigan in that regard? And then also the development side. Um, right. So, you know, just that, the way that uh, it would affect me on and off the field is just the people around the building that would, um, that I would be around every day and, you know, just the people that would help me, uh, outside of football, just prepare for uh, life and right, starting my own family when that time comes and having the alumni base with Michigan, just everything. That would be uh, factors that would play for off the field. And so that'll wrap things up for us on this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Of course, we will keep you up to speed on the latest in both of those recruitments. I certainly expect to catch up with Dane Key on the heels of Josh Gaddis's visit. And, of course, we will check back in with the Connerleys in the not-too-distant future as well. And, of course, to keep up with all the latest rumblings on all of Michigan's targets, be sure to go check us out over on the MichiganInsider.com. That's where it all goes down, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, over on the MichiganInsider.com. Of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, Tell all your friends about it. It helps us keep going. It helps us keep growing. No one gets as deep as we do over on the MichiganInsider.com. So be sure to check us out. We'll check you out next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.